to see these or see this one, you con. I know. Mike, come up here where you can see, babe. Well, sit up front with Zach. He's sick anyway. Yeah. All right. Um. That's right. All right, does, does anybody remember what we went over a couple weeks ago? We were in, um, of course, the book of Acts. Um, I don't know which one y'all can hear me on. I know you can hear me better if I stay close to this, but when I move away from it's the problem. Um, is this one on, Zach? If it ain't, don't worry about it. It's on. Um, uh, that ain't going to work there. Anyway, uh, we talked about Paul's second missionary journey. Uh, this is his third how many missionary journeys did he take? Three. Uh, what was the fourth journey? No, but he did take that journey too. Yes, to Rome. So if you remember on his second missionary journey, uh, he went through Galatia. We, he visited all these places again. And he went straight over to Troas. That's where he met up with Luke. Uh, if you remember, Acts, for the first time, uh, around when that happened, it went from they, them, to us. So Luke is now getting first-hand knowledge. That's when they go to Philippi. He's thrown in prison. Uh, you remember that, the inner prison? That's when the jail's shaking at midnight. Paul and Silas sing. Comes on down to Corinth. And then he makes his way back on a couple stops, and he comes back. Uh, he lands, I want to say it's Sidon, but I don't remember that from the top of my head. I think so. Anyway, he goes up to Antioch. And do you have any idea why he kept going back to Antioch at the end of his missionary journeys? He's been on two, and he always went back to Antioch. Do what? It's his home church. That's the right track. Uh report back I'm going to give you a little preaching here just for a second uh, as we talk about this lesson and get into it if you have your timeline get your time excuse me timeline out because we'll be going through that um, okay he landed at Caesarea not Troas so anyway um, but any missionary any evangelist uh, anyone like that should have a home church that they report back to that they are responsible to and that a home church oversees what they do. Uh, if you have an evangelist, 
that's just kind of out here doing his thing and he does not have a home church. Uh, I have, that to me, that's, that's not biblical. I have a hard time with that. I won't. There's nobody they're responsible to. You said they're responsible to God. Yeah, you know, that's true. I won't argue with that. But that's not the way God said this. Right. All people, unless you are a pastor, and even I am to a degree, still yet, and I'll explain what I mean to you, um, should have, that's one reason why pastors are so, so important in all churches because the people have someone to teach them, guide them, and I, I hate to use the word accountability, but to a degree it is. I'm as accountable to you as you are to me. And my pastor, Pastor Jackie, the last church that I went to before I came here that I sat under can still consider my pastor, I still have a responsibility to him. If I get wompy cat, cat or, or wampus cat or whatever I'm trying to say, that's an old country phrase you've heard, isn't it? No, okay. You have now. Uh, well, it's, it, it's, it's mine. Uh, but anyway, um, you know, I still have someone to report back to. And that is why God set it up this way, is that, you know, Paul could have went all these places, done all these things, and not had anybody to be responsible towards. And you need that for different reasons. For one thing, occasionally you need some spiritual help and guidance. Now, if we look and dig, if you all want to find who the pastor was supposed to be in Antioch at that time, you're welcome to try to look that up. So anyway, we'll stop there on that little side note. So Acts chapter 18, verse 21 is where we're going to be. On your timeline, uh, on your sheets, uh, if you have those, if you don't have one, we got more copies up here. Uh, we are at AD 53, which is a few pages over, AD 53, 54, and 55. What year approximately did the day of Pentecost take place? You will remember, remember this. I will drive it in your skulls. What? That is exactly correct. A.D. 29 or 30. Most say 30. Some say 29. There's, it's not, it does matter. It is important, but it's, it doesn't change the gospel which year it is. I mean, do what? All right, what year was Jesus actually born? New. So what? Three what? B.C. or A.D.? Nope. Do you know? Well, A.D. stands for after death. So if you want to get technical about that, that should be a, that's about A.D. 33, 33 and a half. That's what it would be. It would, that would be A.D. 0, I'm sorry. If you went after death, it would be A.D. 0 after he resurrected, when he got to be ready to know as his crucifixion. 
He was born somewhere between 4 B.C. and 2 B.C., which equals 3 B.C. So we don't know exactly which one of those three years. Most scholars, most people estimate about 3 B.C. is when he was born. Why? I don't know. Ask God when you get to heaven. When you get to heaven, you can ask God and he can answer that. When the fullness of time was come. I agree with you. It, it, it is a hard thing to grasp because when I first set it out and I realized that, I thought, that makes no sense. But... I've said this before, and let me say this, and this will help you. Like my wife, and I don't want to get too bogged down here. When you're going to get to his first stop, uh, which that's fine. Uh, my wife is kind of uh, uh, no, well, I'll OCD. She's a little bit ADD too. Um, she's a few of them. OCD. Um, to give you an example, and, and this is something that she's told me that bugs her, like uh, if you see a parking lot that's got the stop blocks, if they're not all in line, that drives her nuts. She can't even look at them because she wants to change them. It's, everything's got to be in order. But she is very organized. But here's the thing. If you remember, the Bible says God's ways are not, and our ways are not, God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And why God did some things the way he did them, I don't know, and I'm going to be quite honest with you. I'm quite certain, comfortable saying that no other humans know either. We might get an educated guess at best, and that is all. Why was he born about 3 B.C. instead of 33 B.C.? I don't know. And then after death would be when he got crucified. That would be year zero. I don't know why it's that way. I didn't make it up. But nevertheless, that's, that's the order of events. So, um, It actually stands for something else. Yeah. You remember that, didn't you? Right. That's what I was always told, but I knew, but I knew it actually didn't mean something else, but I couldn't remember. Yeah. Okay. Any other questions along any of these terms? All right. Do what? Yeah. Yeah, because it just, this is one of those things that, let me say this and we will move on. When I start thinking about eternity, my head hurts. We can't think that way. And some of the questions we've got fall in that same category. We just don't know. 
We just want to have the answers. All right, Acts chapter 18, uh, verse 21. Everybody there? Okay. But now he's at Ephesus. He's telling them bye. This is the end of his second missionary journey. In Acts 18, verse 21, said, but bade them farewell, saying, I must by all means keep this feast that cometh in Jerusalem, but I will return again unto you if God will, and he sailed from Ephesus. And uh, verse 22, and when he had landed at Caesarea and gone up and saluted the church, he went down to Antioch. And after he had spent two, uh, spent some time, he departed. Phyrgia in order, strengthening all the disciples. All right, we're going to pause there for a minute. So if you look at your timeline, at the top where it says uh, A.D. 53, if you look right above that, it says it tells us Paul leaves Corinth in the spring and sails for Ephesus. Paul reads in the synagogue and left Aquila, Priscilla, and Ephesus. Paul sails to Jerusalem, greets the church there, returns to Antioch, Syria. If you want to flip back a page, it tells you what year that was. And that was year what? A.D. 52. So if you look at it, A.D. 53 says Paul spends time in Antioch. Paul begins third missionary journey traveling through Galatia and Phrygia. I think that's how you pronounce that. It's how I'm pronouncing it. Uh, so he spent a few months, uh, maybe a year, eight months, something like that, in Antioch before he left for his third missionary journey. Who is traveling with him on his missionary journeys right now? And who else? Who was with him on his second missionary journey? Silas. Paul and Silas. Why is Silas with him and not Barnabas? They had a knockdown, drag out, uh, tooth loosening, uh, head busting fight. Uh, I don't really think that happened, but it makes for an entertaining story. Uh, why did they get in a disagreement? John Mark. Okay. So you all are starting to retain. Yes. That's good. Uh, we won't get into too much more detail on all that. So he spent some time at Antioch. He leaves Antioch. After being there for a while, and I pray that that never comes loose. <laughs> Rex looking at me with an evil eye, like, come on, man, give me some credit. So, he, he that would be funny. He leaves, he, he leaves Antioch, and he goes behind. Now, how many times has he passed through Galatia now? This is his how many missionary journey? So remember, this is where he was presumably stoned to death on his first missionary journey, and this is the third time he goes back. We tried. That takes guts. That 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 takes something. Um, you're not going to do that unless you really believe in what you're doing is right and you believe in who you're doing it for. Yourself is not enough. You're not going to do it. You're going to quit. 
and let me say this, if anybody in here, if you're serving God with self-motivation, you're not going to hang in there very long. You're going to quit. It's not enough. that You've got to do it for Him. So, um, is your thing okay? I'll just make sure. So he, he goes all the way over, and we know he made stops at these places because if you look at your Bible, uh, it kind of told us that. And you get down to verse 24, and it said, A certain Jew named Apollos, born in Alexandria, an eloquent man, a mighty in the Scriptures, came to Ephesus. So this is a man uh, that knew the what part of the Bible. If he's mighty in the Scriptures, what part of the Bible did he know? Because we had no New Testament. The New Testament was being lived out right now. It was being written. So he knew the Old Testament. And this man was instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in the Spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. Now if you go on down in chapter 18, this comes up, or 19, I'm sorry, this comes up again. We're going to kind of skip through it just a little bit. But, uh, and he began to speak boldly in the synagogue and when Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him unto them and expounded to him the way of God more perfectly. So basically what they did is they said, look, what you're saying is not incorrect, it's incomplete. There's, you didn't get the rest of the story. John the Baptist went off the scene, Jesus Christ came on the scene, and they explained to him the fulfillment of the gospel. Does everybody understand? Remember, the only way anything took place in this day was by letter or by the word of mouth. There was no other forms of, of communication. So sometimes when only two, three ways you had to travel, beast, feet, or boat, sometimes news traveled slow. And there's parts of the world it didn't reach very fast. What year did the Pentecost take place? A.D. 30, just for easy math here in a second. We're in year A.D. 53. So how many years is that from 30? 23. So in 23 years, the gospel has not still reached certain places. There's a lot of pockets, a lot of areas that the gospel still had not reached. Um, so uh, they meet him there. I saw it coming. And I did get it set to 15 minutes, so I'm going to set it up even more. More like 30. Uh, all right, so he, he goes, if you look at your paper, uh, under AD 53 in Ephesus, Aquila and Priscilla explained the gospel to Apollos. You see that right below that, Apollos goes to Corinth. So this man, not long after, goes to Corinth. And if you remember, I've told you, what is, what is the church at Corinth considered the most what? Corrupt? but I'm looking for one more word. What are we in right now? Church. <laughs> the most corrupt, vile, carnal, all those things you all said, church in the history of the church. Basically, it has not been matched until today's standards are starting to get where they are, and I'm still not sure we're there, but we pretty much are. So almost, it's taken almost 2,000 years 
to get for the church to be as basically as corrupt as it was at Corinth. So uh, Apollos goes there. Paul arrives at Ephesus. Now he stays there for three years. So um, he comes in. He comes to Ephesus. Paul also finds a group of men. Uh, it's John's disciples believe in Jesus. Jewish, uh, and I'll stop there for a second. That's my favorite Bible story, one of them. But Paul laid hands on them. They received the Holy Ghost. They said they spoke in tongues as evidence of salvation. Remember, uh, whatever form of tongues they spoke in, the Bible tells us tongues cease. It also, uh, we know that it was for evidence of salvation because Acts is a book of transition. People were still receiving the Holy Ghost for the Holy Spirit for the first time. It's a big deal. And they, need, they didn't have the New Testament. All they had was what was in front of them. Now the Old Testament spoke of this stuff, but, and you can preach the gospel out of the Old Testament very easily once you learn it. But let's be honest, it's a whole lot easier to explain Jesus with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John than it is uh, Genesis. <laughs> so, so he spent three years there. All right, during that time... Um, go down to chapter 19, verse 13. I just want to read this story. Forgive me, but I, I love this story. And I'm going to say something about it. Everybody there, chapter 19, verse 13. All right. Somebody want to read that down to v verse um, 18. All right, I will then. I'll volunteer. Huh? Go ahead and read verse 20. Okay. So obviously Paul is getting some reputation and recognition because these guys try to use his name to cast a demon out of somebody. We see the results of it. Uh, he jumped on them, whipped all seven of them, stripped them down naked and run them out of the house. That'd be a pretty good shame. Uh, they weren't born again. They weren't saved. So they had no, nothing to fight that demon with. Um, and that's mentioned in this little block <laughs> right here in Ephesus. And they're about to book some Burnham. So what happened then, not long after, uh, Demetrius and other craftsmen uh, of silver got together and said, look, people are getting saved. Uh, we're about to lose our livelihood. And they had a uh, temple there to the goddess Diana. 
Does anybody remember what the goddess Diana was? What kind of goddess she was? Sex goddess. And that is as what Ephesus was known for. See, this stuff isn't nothing new. I mean, we're, we're not seeing anything new today. It's just re, history repeats itself. So um, they said, hey, we're, we're going to lose our livelihood. We've got to stop this guy. So they get a big mob together. They get a big uproar going. And the town clerk, and I'm telling you what the Bible says. I'm kind of cutting through it. The town clerk steps in, says, you all better chill out. Uh, because if you don't, if you bring the charges against these guys, you got really nothing to charge them with. Said you're going to get in some trouble yourselves. So they calmed down. He dispersed them. They went away, and Paul left. So that is the very condensed version of that story of what happened. So he spent about three years in Ephesus, and he lay, leaves there, goes back up to Troas. Uh, this is where the young man Paul said Paul preached until midnight. He fell out of the rafters. Does everybody know that story? He fell asleep. Now, I'll be honest with you. If I was listening to somebody preached at midnight, I may fall asleep and fall out of the rafters too. I'm not knocking this young fellow. Um, so uh, on your timeline, if you look, Paul arrives in Ephesus. Paul stays there three years. AD 54, Paul's in Ephesus all year. Paul sends Timothy into Macedonia. Come on down to 55. Paul writes first. Paul writes to the Corinthians. His first of four letters, not 1 Corinthians mentioned, 1 Corinthians 5 and 9. That's, that's something else. Um, and he, he gives his first instructions to them. And then you keep on going. Um, a delegation from the church arrives with problems and questions. He writes that letter to them and sends it back with these fellows here. Um, Paul follows this letter with a quick visit, uh, with a quick visit directly across the Aegean Sea from Ephesus to Corinth and back. This would have been a second visit to Corinth. And he writes his third letter in Ephesus and sends it to Corinth. Now, from what this is saying, and as far as I know, also I agree with this, we do not have that letter. And if you read a book or watch somebody on YouTube and says, I have the letter that Paul wrote. Go ahead and turn on a comedian because you're probably going to get more truth from them than you will the fellow or lady saying those things. All right. Everybody still with us? Okay. So in AD 56, now there's some debate on what that just said. If he left straight from Ephesus, went to Corinth, and then come straight back. Some say he did, some say he didn't. I'm not going to argue over that, but we do know without a doubt he left Ephesus after three years, go up to Troas, and that's where he stores the life to the young man. He goes over to Philippi. Remember, Philippi is also the place where he was just... Well, probably, but he was thrown in jail in the center in the center. Uh, dungeon, and that's where Paul and Silas sing songs and praise at midnight. So, um, again, this guy goes back to places where he'd been beaten. I mean, treated horribly, without any. I don't know if he had fear of reservation or not. I couldn't tell you. So, um, while he's there, I'm going to go through this kind of quickly. <laughs> um, in A.D. 57, 
He goes, makes his way. Here's Thessalonica. We got Philippi, which we get the book of Thessalonica, which we get the book of First and Second. Okay, notice the route that he takes. He comes down by boat, primarily, comes to Corinth. He spends a short time there. It's believed he writes the book of Romans while there. And if you've never studied the book of Romans, I'd encourage you to. So he was going to take this same route back, but there's some Jews laying wait for him, ambushing him. They plan on killing him. So instead he takes the land and goes back up, and then he retraces basically his steps and comes right back down, comes down, and I'm going to pause here for tonight when he gets to Miletus. Um, there's some different things going on, and I just don't want to get bogged down in the details again. One of the things he is doing uh, is he is collecting money because the church at Jerusalem is falling on hard times. And so he has a guy from Thessalonica with him. He's got some other travelers. In part of your homework, everybody write this down. Let's see how many of you remember to come back with it. Tell me who is traveling with him on his way back to Jerusalem. Because understand, once he leaves Corinth and he makes his way back, he's got one goal in mind, one purpose. And that's right there. Your Bible will tell you. Missionary journey. You will find that between Acts 18 and 21. I don't need McAfee. It's only three chapters. That is correct. And I want you to pronounce them properly too. <laughs> he had people with him. When he was making a lot of these stops, he was collecting uh, an offering to take back to Jerusalem. We know two of them you already know who was with him. Potentially three, some of the trip. We know he's got Luke. We know he's got Silas. Timothy is with him on and off, and Aquila and Priscilla is with him on and off. But there's more than that. And I've given you a lot of the answers just now. Now, pay attention when you read your Bibles in doing this. Pay attention when it goes from we, us, to Paul and such and such, or they, him. First person, third person. In the book of Acts, it starts doing that in places. Why does it do that? Because Luke may have stayed behind somewhere while Paul went somewhere else. So pay attention to that. Just little things like that will help you understand some things about your Bible. So has anybody got any questions of what we covered tonight? Well, I guess not. I'm either a really poor teacher or you just got to sit and let it settle in a little bit. Um, all right. Thank you, Rex, for your wonderful work on the TVs. We'll try to get that one set up definitely by Sunday morning.
All right, and you like I say, if you want to take your timelines, if you want to take these home with you and read them, uh, there is information here that you can use. Um, some of the questions.